Blog Talk Radio. Tonight, as we get you ready, we're going right now, 6 o'clock, all the way up to 8 o'clock. Get you ready for Survivor Series, the second longest pay-per-view in the history of the WWE, one of the original Big Four, and we're going to get you set for that tonight. You should go over to Facebook.com slash The Ken Reedy Show. we got a show chat going on right now. We'll have a Monday Night Raw chat going on tomorrow night during Raw. We'll have another show chat tomorrow night, too, because we got our pregame show for Monday Night Raw tomorrow night. And, hell, maybe we should just start a, a, a chat on the pay-per-view tonight. So get on over to Facebook. Tell your friends to get over there. Also real important, we're going to get into that in a little bit. Get on Facebook. Vote, because we are determining the greatest Survivor Series team in the history of Survivor Series. We've been having an elimination tournament over the course of this month, and the championship is decided tonight and the two teams that are battling out for the title of the greatest Survivor Series team of all time are the Hulkamaniacs from 1989 and the Warriors of 1990. So if you have not voted yet, get on over to Facebook and vote for your favorite Survivor Series team out of those two. You can check us out on Twitter at The Ken Reedy Show is our Twitter handle and go on over to our website thekenreedyshow.com We got blogs, we got uh, pictures, we got fan pictures, we got bios. You can listen to the show there. Lots of great stuff on thekenreedyshow.com. So head on over there, check out our website. But most important, most important out of everything that we got going on is we need to hear from you. 347 838 9815. That is the number to call if you want to talk pro wrestling. You just want to call in. And vote for your favorite Survivor Series team. You can call in and vote. We want to hear from you tonight. Big pay-per-view. Lots of things to discuss. And we want the Ken Reedy Show family to step up tonight. Give us a call so we don't have to do all the work. As always, as we get set for this pay-per-view extravaganza, how could I possibly get through all of this on my own? That's why I got my tag team partner on the line. Dave, how you doing this uh, this evening? Well, thank you very much for the very humble introduction. I'm doing good. 
for for an event that's been uh, very uh, underhyped and and underwhelming, uh, the past few days has been pretty interesting for me. And I'm looking forward to tonight's Survivor Series event. It's one of the big four, like you said. Um, it may have lost its luster as being one of the big four, but hopefully after tonight's show here on the Ken Reedy Show, as well as tonight's Survivor Series event, maybe we'll see some sort of prestige brought back to the event, hopefully. We can only hope. Hoping that it's going to be prestige. And you know, Dave, before we get into tonight's Monday Night Raw, Monday, Monday Night Raw, see, I'm, I'm, in, I'm in Monday mode already. Before we get into tonight's event, the pay-per-view event, Survivor Series, I think we got to talk a little bit about our month-long tournament. You know, we've had an elimination tournament. There was a, a strict selection process over the course of the month. We wanted to decide who would be the best Survivor Series team of all time. So it was an eight-team tournament. Hulkamaniacs defeated the Visionaries the first round. Team Andre defeated uh, Team Lesnar in the first round. And then you had... The Hulkamaniacs beating Team Andre to make their way to the finals. In our Eastern Conference bracket, you had Team DX beating the bad guys and Team Warriors beating Team SmackDown in the first round. Team Warriors lay the SmackDown on Team DX in the semifinals to make their way to the finals. And you have Team Hulkamaniacs versus uh, the Warriors. And, And good job by our fans, uh, everyone involved who got on there and voted. And like I said, voting will go on for the duration of this show. So get on the Facebook or call in and vote. We're going to determine the winner by the end of this matchup. I love this matchup. I got to hand it to our fans who got out there and voted. Because, number one, I got to say, as a wrestling fan, I kind of want to see this match. I wish everyone was around and in their prime and we could see this matchup because I think both teams are... It's a very interesting matchup, these two guys, if they got in the ring together. Uh, you look at, you know, Team Warriors, all Hall of Famers. All of them on the Hall of Fame. Um, across the board, the Road Warriors, Texas Tornado, it's part of the Von Erich family, and obviously the Ultimate Warrior, all in the Hall of Fame, which is very impressive. You got the Hulkamaniacs, two Hall of Famers, Hogan and Jake the Snake. And you got Demolition, three-time WWF Tag Team Champions. You look at both teams, you got a, a great Great, all-time great, popular, strong house of a captain. Both teams have two hard-hitting tag teams as part of the team, and both of them have very solid mid-card guys as well. I just love the matchup. I wish we could see the match. Obviously, we can't, but tough decision to pick the winner uh, if these two guys were getting on and become the all-time greatest Survivor Series team, Dave? Well, yeah, an argument can be made for both teams. I mean, like you said, you just listed the resume of, of, of these individuals, but let's go back even further to um, their respective rivalries as teams with their opponents. It was in 1989 where the Hulkamaniacs, which was led by Hulk Hogan, who was the WWF champion at the time, with Demolition and Jake the Snake Roberts took on the Million Dollar Team the captain by the million-dollar man, Ted DiBiase, along with the Monsters, Zeus, and the Powers of Pain. Now, Demolition and the Powers of Pain a year prior were involved in a traditional Survivor Series elimination match where Mr. Fuji had turned on Demolition, costing them the match and joining up with the Powers of Pain. Jake the Snake Roberts and the million-dollar man themselves 
also had a little bit of a rivalry going on. And Hulk Hogan and Zeus, their rivalry had spawned off from the Academy Award winning that nobody ever, no holds barred movie that Hulk Hogan and Zeus were involved in, um, which led to a very awesome Survivor Series elimination encounter. Now, also that year, 1989, that match was not the main event. That match was in the middle of the card. The main event for that year's Survivor Series was the rising popularity of the Ultimate Warrior as he tagged up with Jimmy Amel Nightheart and the Rockers to take on the Heenan family. Now, let's fast forward over to 1990. In 1990, we saw the Warrior, that same individual, face Hulk Hogan in the main event of WrestleMania 6. The Survivor Series was pretty much a test to see if Warrior and his popularity could hold it down in the main event, and it proved to be true. That, in turn, forced WWE to put the championship on the Ultimate Warrior. Now, later on in 1990, the Ultimate Warrior had captained that team that we talked about, the Ultimate Warriors, with Intercontinental Champion, the Texas Tornado, Kerry Von Erich, as well as the soon-to-be WWF Tag Team Champions, the Road Warriors, the Legion of Doom. Again, Mr. Perfect and all three members of Demolition, Axe, Smash, and Brush. The Demolition, of course, were on a downswing. They lost their championships to the Hart Foundation because of the Road Warriors. Mr. Perfect had an issue with the Texas Tornado because the Texas Tornado upset him at that year's SummerSlam in 1990. And the Ultimate Warrior, he was the WWF champion and was siding with the Road Warriors in their fight against Demolition, making it an even three-on-three advantage, which set those two teams up to face. Warrior came out the sole survivor that year in in that Survivor Series match, but the point I'm trying to make here is that everything comes full circle with these two teams. You notice Demolition and the Powers of Pain had some issues, then Demolition and the Road Warriors had some issues, Hogan and Warrior were buttonheads at one point with Warrior defeating Hogan for the WWF Championship. I mean, it all comes full circle. And to be quite honest with you, I, I kind of wish Survivor Series took teams that had won in previous years and had them face off against teams from other years because I think it would have made the concept a little more interesting um, than just making it like you know teams compete, different teams competing every year. If you had the same team from 89 face the same team from 1990, I think it would have made the concept a little bit uh, uh, it would have made things more interesting, at least in my opinion. But overall, it's a matchup that I think any wrestling fan would want to see, a dream matchup. And like I said, just the interesting facts and points that, that, that go on behind these two teams. Um, it's, been, it's, been, it's been a fun ride with this Survivor Series tournament. I'm glad that we, that we did it, and I appreciate the support from all of our fans that have um, taken the time to vote. Because it's been, it's been a hell of a ride. Yeah, I mean, it's funny because, I, I mean... Once I and I, I really didn't like analyze it too much uh, initially because I really wanted to see, uh, you know, where our fans were going to vote and where it was going to go. And uh, you know, once the finals were set, that's when I really looked at it. And I, I mean, got to hand it to everyone involved. I, I mean, to me, when you look at the tournament and a lot of quality teams uh, throughout the tournament, um, but I think our guys got it right. I mean, I, I love this matchup. I'm all over this matchup and. Um, it's very easy to argue for, for both teams. I mean, it's, it's, it's a matchup that should be uh, the finals of a tournament, uh, and it's, it's a tough decision, 
And it's not like, you know, a lot of times in wrestling when you when you, you, you make picks or you whatever, and people always say, oh, my God, that's ridiculous. That person can never beat the, you know. You're not wrong. Either one of these teams, whichever one you, you, you pick, there's really no wrong answer. It's just it's just a great matchup, Dave. Yeah, it is. I mean, you, you, you talk about, you know, demolition and, and the Road Warriors, for instance. Let's just start off with that. I mean, the, the, a lot of people have compared demolition and Road Warriors and demolition being a Road Warrior ripoff, and I can see where they're coming from here. But the Road Demolition, as, as – as powerful and as strong as a team that they that, that those characters portrayed, they were also very smart and very conniving too. The, the the Road Warriors were just plain and simple brute force. It didn't look pretty, but it got the job done, and that's what made the interesting dynamic between those two and the rivalry. And I could see why fans would think of the ripoff because of the paint and the spikes and whatever. But Demolition was popular in their own right, and Demolition was was. Yeah, I mean they're they're still the only tag team in WWE to have the longest reign as tag team champion. Um, you know they had uh, like over 400 days. Of, I don't know the exact number. I'm sure somebody could correct me when they call in. But Demolition still to this day has the has the longest reign. Um, <clears throat> excuse me for for a tag team holding the tag team championship. And you know the Road Warriors came along and it was and and. And, of course, they were the originals. They were the ones that everybody, you know, looked at first. And um, it made for a hell of a rivalry between the two teams. Uh, Hogan and Warrior, of course, two completely different characters, polar opposites, but at the same time they had a lot in common, but very popular fan base, two very powerful guys. I mean, we saw the match at WrestleMania six, And then, uh, you know, Jake the Snake, one of the best psychologists, one of the best characters, one of the best minds in the business. Um, you know, to be honest with you, the most intriguing matchup out of them all would be Jake the Snake and Kerry Von Erich, Texas Tornado. I mean, two different styles, but, you know, Kerry Von Erich played a babyface so very well. And imagine him, you know, the white meat babyface that he is going up against, uh, you know, the, the, the dark and devious and mysterious evil Jake the Snake Roberts. That would have that drew some money, in my opinion. I agree with you. I mean, it, it's just, it's perfect. I, again, I, I can't say enough, like, kudos to our fans that, that participated in the tourney um, because it's it's just a great matchup. And so, like I said, get on the Facebook, call the show, 347-838-9815. Vote, vote, vote. Um, and we'll see which team comes out victorious um, as, as the, the ultimate Survivor Series team. And you know what? If you're not happy about the results, and you didn't vote, well, don't come crying to me. So get on there, get your votes, get counted, have your voice heard. And we'll announce that at the end of the show. But let's let's kind of pull it out and let's uh, get out of the, the fantasy realm and, and get back into reality as we get ready for Survivor Series. Again, one of the big four, second longest running pay-per-view in the WWE. We have uh, this this past week of programming. As they say, the go-home shows. And, uh, you know, they shoot us, and we were critical on Monday night um, before the show. They give us Grumpy Cat uh, for the go-home show, Survivor Series. Uh, going into that, I, I hated it. I think most wrestling fans did. Poor little feline got uh, booed uh, as soon as they they showed her. Um, it, it's kind of a weird thing. Um, uh, the segments with Grumpy Cat were awful. 
obviously, uh, the cat was falling asleep, which led to all sorts of stuff all over the Internet. Memes saying, geez, even the guest host can't stay awake for three hours of Raw. So that was a bad job by, by WWE. Um, the Grumpy Cat segments were short and sweet, which was good. I thought, Dave, I thought Raw was, was decent. I can't say that I really thought it got me very excited for Survivor Series. I thought you had some real good matches, but to me at least, Raw for the three hours was almost a, a start and stop kind of feel. It was like a, you know, an old car in the wintertime where you're just like, you know, every time you, you think you get going, it would stall. And I just, I, I, fe- I felt like there was a lot of good that came out of Raw, but it never got going. It never gave me a lot of momentum. Uh, the ending was was good, but predictable. Um, you know, to me, I, I guess you know we got what we thought out of the Ryback thing, and what I found very interesting was you know short term pop for Rowan joining Team Cena. Creatively speaking and, and storyline wise, doesn't make any sense. We haven't really got an explanation why he would be against his brother. So it was kind of, all right, cool for Monday Night Raw. I was shocked. I didn't see that coming, which was cool. Um, but I, I, I'm, I'm hoping we get a further explanation. So as much as like you want kind of a kick-ass Raw for the go-home, I don't think we got that. I thought we got an okay, kind of an inconsistent Raw. What would you think? Yeah, I would yeah. have to agree with you. I mean, I'm not – I won't go any further about the Grumpy Cat segments. You, you said it perfectly. Um as far as the, the, the progression and build towards Survivor Series, and especially with the main event, because that was basically the storyline that just took up the, the majority of uh, of the show, um, it had its ups and downs with it. Um, I was kind of disappointed that they took Sheamus out. Um, I thought maybe it was either going to set up a heel turn and him you know, coming back at Survivor Series tonight, um, but rumor is that he's legitimately hurt and they had to pull him from the event just had surgery, um, suffered a stinger, so um, we don't know how long he's going to be out, and that's why the Eric Rowan uh, substitution took place at the last minute. Um, like you said, short-term pop, it caught me by surprise, it was a cool little surprise, but there was no um, <clears throat> no further explanation as to why he joined Team Cena. Um, and the Ryback thing, yes, we did call it, we said, we, we said it was pretty predictable, but at the same time, um, the way that they, they played that portion of the story out was interesting. Ryback right was, you know, tried and true at the end of the day on Team Ryback. He wanted to be a loner. He wanted to be on his own and do his own thing. Um, and, you know, the, the, the discussion we had he had with Cena in the locker room changed his tune, which eventually, you know, brought him to, to, to join Team Cena. Um what I did not like about the the, the main event storyline that progressed on Raw was, um, I mean, I, I guess I guess as a viewer and as a personal favorite of mine, I didn't like how they kind of yanked the carpet out under you um, with Cesaro. Cesaro, who's, who's had lack of direction since the minute he was paired with Paul Heyman, um, they brought him out for that, and we thought he was going to join Team Cena. I was like, okay, this is cool. And then he does that little swerve to swerve the authority, but the authority's already got their team. So what's he doing? Like, what is his character doing? You know, 
he wants to insert himself into the main event. He's got an opportunity to join Team Cena. There's a spot open, but then he turns and joins up with the authority. Last time I checked, the match was five on five. It wasn't six on six. So what was the point of him doing that? I didn't understand that. And it just bothered me because I'm a huge Cesaro fan, as everybody on the show knows. So I, I, I didn't think it was it, it suited his character really well. Um, like you said, it, 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 it was interesting. It was a start and stop feel to Raw. Um, but in some ways, the start and stop was good because it had you, it had you guessing as far as how, they, how the, 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 the end of the evening was going to go with um, the authority and, uh, you know, the contract signing. So, overall, Raw was okay. Um, I mean, we, we finally got some answers as far as this New Day faction with Kofi and uh, Xavier Woods, Big E. Um, and there's rumors that they might debut as a unit tonight in Survivor Series. I don't know. But um, it was uh, – there were some good points. And like I said, there were some really, really bad points and just some stuff that overall – like, for instance, the other thing, too, the Sheamus Big Show match. Um, you, they enticed one of them – you know, they turned it into, like, a number one contenders match just randomly out of the blue. But um, why would – why would Big Show and Sheamus wrestle each other if they're on a team together and they already know as characters that there's a chance of their jobs being at stake by teaming up with John Cena, so why didn't they just walk out on Stephanie McMahon in the first place? They already got they already got you know their, their head on the swivel. Why did they have to compete against each other and, and, and ruin their chances of surviving a team? Mm-hmm. I just didn't understand that. Yeah, it was just it was inconsistent, you know. Certain things just really didn't make sense. Certain things were good. Uh, it wasn't that phenomenal, you know, go home raw that the, uh, you know, their their benchmark TV show. I mean, that's where you really want them, or you think they're going to really set up the pay per view. And um, you know, I don't know if they really succeeded there. I agree with you, man. Like talking about Cesaro, I, I mean, what in hell are they doing with this guy? I mean, this guy every single week. When you see that dude in the squared circle, he just makes you just, you sit there like, this guy's got star written all over him. And then the minute he walks out of the squared circle, it's, holy cow, what the hell are they doing with him? And it was funny. And again, it was like that last segment. It's like, all right, short term, like you said, oh, wow, Cesaro's coming out and, and, He's, you know, it's a surprise. Like, all right, cool. Like, Cesaro's turning face, whatever. And and, and then it was funny when, when he when he turned and joined the authority. But it, again, you're right. It's like, what was the point? Like, what, what exactly did did that that do for for him? I mean, so he's he's not part of the match. Um, he's already, you know, technically a heel. So you would assume on some levels. If he's not part of the, the the faction, the authority, he'd be siding with them anyway. It's just nothing really made sense about that whole thing. I, I just and and Dave, I mean, it boggles my mind right now exactly what they're thinking with Cesaro. I mean, the stuff they're doing—it's not even just burying the guy. It just—it doesn't make sense you can't even like rationalize it and i don't you know it was kind of disconcerting you know you almost were hoping at some point that maybe for some reason something was going to happen and someone on team authority was going to wind up dropping out 
or they're going to add an extra member to each team or something to bring Cesaro into this match. But I, I don't know, like out of you know all the all the positive stuff, and it's easy to sit here and like say that you know I hated Grumpy Cat, that was stupid, and there's certain things that you're just oh it's just dumb. I, I am absolutely bewildered. That is the word. I'm not. I'm not mad. I'm not. Uh, I'm not going to say that sucked or whatever. But I am absolutely bewildered at, at what they're doing with Cesaro, and it, it starts to look like, as a fan, you know, we we don't know what goes on behind the scenes, but as a fan, when you watch programming, you see Cesaro. The impression you get is really creatively, they don't have a clue what the hell to do with them. Yeah, it's it's very. It, I'm I'm sure it's very frustrating for him as a talent. I mean, they they seem to be on the right track when they split him up from Jack Swagger and Zeb Coulter and the Real Americans. Um, that you know that, that that they had an idea in place as to where they wanted to take him and where they wanted to take his character. And I think they tried to do a little too much at first with the whole Heyman thing. Um, but at the same time, there were also rumors of his potential involvement with Brock Lesnar and with Brock Lesnar as champion and with Cesaro being one of the top uh, baby faces in the company. And I think a lot of that had to do with Daniel Bryan's injury and that sh- shook things up creatively and Cesaro wasn't in the, in, in the, uh, the plan B. Uh, as, as far as that goes creatively. Um, yeah, it was just very kind of out of nowhere. Um, he doesn't, I don't know. It's, it's, he's, sometimes I think they try to do too much with him in terms of his character and just let, just leave him alone. Let him be who he is. He's over because of who he is. He's not going to get any more over because of something that you add to him, in my opinion, personally. I mean, like I said, he's a throwback to the to the old days, the the, the the brawlers and the and the very stiff, tough guys out there in professional wrestling. He reminds me a lot of of Finley, uh, just a brute force and a guy who just doesn't take shit from anybody and just goes out there and 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 his brute strength and you know he's he's out there he's out there to fight. And to me, I think sometimes simplicity in wrestling works. It doesn't need to be too much, and I think they're trying to do too much with him. At the same time, they realize that he's he's over, he's popular, so they keep him on television. It's not like they put him. It's not like he's get, getting the Zack Ryder treatment or the JTG from Crime Time treatment. You know, they're putting him on television, but they I think they just see him as a mechanic. And, and I don't know I don't know what happened honestly, but it wouldn't surprise me if he if if there's some sort of surprise match tonight on the pay per view because there's only six matches advertised. So it wouldn't surprise me if they did, like, a bonus match at, on the pay-per-view and he's a part of it. Um, I mean, if the WWE really wants to sell this free network this month, uh, one of the one of the most talked-about matches in recent memory in WWE has come from the network. It was Cesaro and Sami Zayn in a two-out-of-three-falls match on NXT. And then they had a rematch at the very first NXT, you know, special live event, that, like a week after the network debuted. Um, and it's been talked about forever. Why wouldn't they put those two on pay-per-view? You could showcase NXT and showcase a star from NXT that you can only see exclusively on the network, as well as one of the biggest rivalries that has come out of NXT, Cesaro and Sami Zayn. And, and to me, I think the, the, the casual viewers, the non-subscribers who are watching free this month, 
would see a match like that, let those guys just do their thing. Don't add anything to it. Let them do their thing, and I'm sure that non-subscribers would be like, oh, you get to see those guys on NXT, and then you can watch the archives of their stuff they did before. Oh, i got to sign up, $9.99, sign me up. It's just, it's, it's, I don't know. I really don't know what else to say about it. It's just tough, like, when you see someone that's so talented to, to see, you know, just, again, like, bewildered. So, I mean, coming out of Raw, um, I can't say I got any more excited about Survivor Series. Um, there was some good stuff. It was inconsistent for me. Um, I thought SmackDown got you uh, more excited. I, I thought SmackDown... And, again, like, sometimes, you know, I think that it, it does boil down to... Um, you know, the two hours versus three hours. Uh, you know, the two hours just felt more succinct to me. It was, it was you know, it, it, you didn't have time to get drawn out. They gave us some, some good twists as well as uh, recaps. You know, I know SmackDown has become a lot of recaps, but I, I just, you know, at times, you know, unless Raw really kicks ass, the three hours are tough, and, and, and the two hours are just a more manageable. They're, they're just... It's a more succinct show, and I, I thought SmackDown was real good on Friday night. Um, interesting stuff. I thought the ending was great. I thought you, you got a lot of the game kind of character, and, and you saw the desperation in him that he was going to do whatever it takes um, to win this match, taking a chair to everybody on Team Cena to end SmackDown. I thought it was interesting, and I'm curious. You know, Dave, you had brought up the point last week of the character Triple H wouldn't leave his job and his livelihood up to other people. He would get in the ring himself, and it's weird that he's not part of Team Authority, but you got the impression on uh, at SmackDown, he came in and got a little bit of the job done himself. He, you know, the, his team helped, but almost single-handedly with that chair, he took apart Team Cena. So you wonder if, if Triple H has anything in store tonight. Do we see him... Uh, get in the ring in some way, shape, or form, whether it's surprisingly he enters the match or more likely some interference. Um, but I liked, I really liked the way SmackDown ended. Um, the stipulation added that if Team Authority wins, I mean, we've known for quite some time that if Team Cena wins, Team Authority is no longer the authority. They are out of power. Um, but now, if Team Authority wins... Everybody except John Cena is fired, um, and which which blew up the internet because you know now look at what the WWE did. They spoiled the outcome. There's there's no way that you know Team Authority can win this match because they're not going to have everyone get fired. They're not going to have them all off TV. Um, who knows what they're going to do? It's an interesting stipulation. Both teams now have something to lose. They have something seriously at stake. It, it adds some drama, and look, it's wrestling. People can get fired and show up the next week. It's, I, I'm not, I don't take that too seriously that, oh, God, they're going to be fired, now they're going to be off TV, whatever uh, you know can happen. Um, but it does add some suspense, I think, David. I'm curious your thoughts um, about somebody somewhere on, on Team Cena uh, turning heel because you know, my, my, my job, my livelihood is at stake here. You know, this is no longer a wrestling match that I need to win. This is a job I, I'm putting on the line. Maybe I just joined Team Authority so I keep my job safe. So it's an intriguing stipulation. I don't think it totally gave away 
um, what the outcome could be, and we'll get into predictions a little later on. But I, I thought SmackDown did a good job at getting you prepared for Survivor Series. I thought it was a better, quote, go-home show uh, than Raw was. And uh, uh, what are your thoughts, Dave, on, on the new stipulation in the uh, main event Survivor Series match? Well, it's very interesting because, you know, if you're let's, – let's go back a little bit, and we will definitely rewind later, if you know what I mean, um, when it comes to Survivor Series. But – Back in 2010, John Cena, the very controversial John Cena, was the referee in the main event for the WWE Championship. It was Randy Orton defending the title against Wade Barrett of the Nexus. Now, if Wade Barrett won the WWE Championship, John Cena would be free from the Nexus because John Cena was a, a member of the Nexus very briefly after he lost a match to Wade Barrett a month prior. But if Wade Barrett lost that match and did not become WWE champion, John Cena would be fired. Well, John Cena had that moral dilemma. Do I do the right thing and call the match fair and down the middle with the risk of losing my job? Or do I keep my job and help this guy win the title? So John Cena ended up doing the right things, which ended up costing him his job. And for the next four weeks, for a guy who was fired, he was on TV a hell of a lot. He wore knee pads and jean shorts and his ring gear and bought a ticket in the front row. I can't remember the last time I saw a wrestler who was fired wear his ring gear and buy a ticket and sit in the front row. How do you get access to front row tickets if you're not employed by WWE? And he was just on TV every week. For a guy who was fired, you saw him every single week. So the firing John Cena stipulation just doesn't stick anymore. I think that they realize that, you know, threatening the guy's job and threatening just about anybody's job doesn't really matter because one way or another, somebody's going to – they're going to find their way back on the TV. I mean, no firing in wrestling or retirement really sticks, in my opinion. So it was a very interesting stipulation that was brought on by Triple H and the authorities that if Team Cena were to lose, everybody but Cena is fired. And here's why. Because for the past four weeks, Triple H has been basically put the locker room on notice that if you join up with John Cena, your chances of, of survival in WWE are slim to none because of it. And he's taken these four guys now that have, have finally been named members of Team Cena and basically put their jobs on the line and created tension amongst all these guys which in turn I think could lead to somebody turning heel and turning on Cena in hopes of keeping their job and helping the authority win. I mean it adds some more controversy, it adds some more um, uh, you know, avenues creatively for the storyline but I think this, this stipulation was added a little too late in my opinion. If this stipulation was added you know, when this match was announced or maybe a week after and you had a few weeks to build towards it and add more to the story, I think it would make tonight's pay-per-view a lot more interesting than it is. Um, I mean, think about it here. John Cena, regardless of whether he wins or loses, he's going to have a job because he knows how valuable he is to WWE and so does the authority. That's why they're not putting him in a position where he could be fired in the, in the, story, in the context of the storyline. The other guys they feel are replaceable. So now... Triple H, who is the cerebral assassin and a mastermind at Mind Games, is basically his character has taken those four characters 
and created tension among that team. To me, we could see one of them turning on Cena. Now, who's it going to be? You know, you mentioned Eric Rowan earlier about, you know, joining Team Cena, no explanation behind it, no reason why he would turn on his Wyatt family brother, uh, you know, Luke Harper. Could Rowan be that mysterious, you know, the guy to, to, to turn on Team Cena and keep his job? Um, regardless of, you know, wins and losses and who comes out the winner of this tonight, whoever's fired or whoever's gone, they'll be back. But it makes for an interesting dynamic to tonight's main event, too. Um, and I, I think that, like I said, if it was done earlier, it would it would have, it would have made the storyline a lot more interesting. Um, but I have a feeling that it's going to be Dolph Ziggler. And the reason why I think Dolph Ziggler is going to turn heel is because he's been put through so much by the authority since he was the first person to join Team Cena. And Ziggler's always been one of those guys that's been trying to break the glass ceiling forever, and he's been held back. And he's even said it in interviews, how, how much he steals the show and how hard he works and outworks everybody, yet he can't catch a break in WWE. Well, maybe tonight is that night where he catches a break and helps the authority win and keeps his job. Now, the other three, whatever happens to them, they'll figure it out o- over time. Big Show's been fired and rehired how many times? I mean... They, they, they took his house for Christ's sake last year, and he still has a job with WWE. So, um, but I think tonight's main event also signals another thing, too. Where you're headed for WrestleMania, you know, with Cena, with the authority, or if they're not going to be the authority much longer, and those characters like Rusev, like Seth Rollins, like, uh, you know, like Eric Rowan, and even Ryback, too, you know. They've taken the storyline, they've mixed up, you know, top, you know, some main event talent, guys who have been close to the top, and some of the up-and-coming rising talent that they've been looking at as the future of WWE, and they've added a good mix to tonight's main event. So, th- this this pay-per-view is really a one-match show, and it's the main event, at least in my opinion, that's getting the most attention. And it, it, it's, it's intriguing for me as to how this is going to play out. And, I, and on a note, you know, you mentioned earlier about Triple H's involvement. I think we will see him get physically involved. He'll have some form of outcome in the match, um, whether it's win or lose, but he'll be he'll be a part of the deciding factor. Lots of interesting stuff. So, I mean, you know, it was a mixed bag over the week. I think they did – it wasn't a kick-ass job, so to speak, to get you ready for Survivor Series, but I think they did a decent job over the course of the week. Now, do they deliver tonight? And we're going to get into that because we got so much more to get to. Three four seven eight three eight. 9815, that is the number to call. We got to be a bit on hold for a while, so let's, let's go out to the phones for a little bit. We are going out to Connecticut. Uh, Cole, are you there? Are you there, Cole, in Connecticut? <laughs> All right, we're going to put you on hold again. Let's see if uh, you're paying attention in a little bit, or maybe there's phone problems or something. We'll uh, check you out in a little bit, Connecticut. Uh, let's go, because we got Tony on the line also. Hey, Tony, guys. are you there? How's it going? I'm here. Bro? All right. Hey, guys. So what, what are your thoughts? I mean, we're, you know, we're kind of dissecting, uh, you know, how the WWE got us ready for Survivor Series. Personally, I think we're kind of hitting it that it was, it was kind of a mixed, mixed bag over the course of the week. Uh, I guess, you know, your thoughts on Raw and SmackDown, and, and are you excited for tonight's pay-per-view? Or, I mean... Assuming you're going to watch it, but are, are you pumped? Are you excited? Are you just hoping for the best? Give us your thoughts. Well, I mean, for the most part, it's really hard to get you know, hyped and pumped up about any any 
quote-unquote pay-per-view these days because they're every month, so it's kind of hard to, you know, really get excited about it. But, I mean, this is definitely, this this is a one, you know, this is, you know, like you said, Dave, you know, I've, you know, this is definitely a one-match show. It's all about the uh, Cineverse Authority match. Um, there's actually, a, I don't know if you guys know, but there, there's a there's a major name set to show up tonight. There's a major name yeah, set to show that. up in the... P.W. Hoodsider, where else? <laughs> yes. There's a major name set to show up, and he might be, uh, from what I'm reading here, there's a major scoop here. He, he'll be appearing either before or after the Divas elimination match. Oh, interesting. I, I didn't know there was like a, a spot on the card that that he was... Uh, and we're going to get into that conversation. And everyone out there, you know, we're, we're talking in code, and everyone listening knows who's we're ta- who we're talking about. We're definitely going to... Hit that a little bit later on, and what that could mean. But interesting, I didn't oh, know. That oh, you already, uh, you already know the major name. Oh yeah, I mean, I, I'm pretty sure I know the major name. Is this is this major name a guy that that's been major elsewhere, but never major in the WWE? That's right. That's what I was thinking. Yes, <laughs> I love the covert uh, code we're talking here. But yeah, we're gonna get into that a little bit later on. But yeah, very interesting. And then uh, good job, Tony, giving us uh, you know perhaps. Uh, insight on when exactly he, he's going to uh, show up tonight. But, uh, yeah, I mean, you bring up a good point, and, it, and it's weird now that it almost seems like with the WWE that they've they've given us a bona fide offseason, even though they, they claim to be, you know, 365, 52 weeks a year. It, it's, it seems like after Survivor Series, there's definitely a lull, and, and it hasn't been as engaging uh, as, as it's been, you know, this year's this year's been an inconsistent year, and I give the WWE a little bit of a pass creatively because losing Daniel Bryan uh, when they put all their eggs in the Daniel Bryan basket it had to be tough for creative to kind of figure out where they were going to go. Um, I think they did an okay job for most of the year, but then, yeah, again, after SummerSlam, it's like this dip, and Raws are tough to sit through the three hours, and... Uh, you know, you're right. It's it's all about that one match, and uh, I, I'm just I, I'm optimistic that we can get a very entertaining uh, pay per view. But you're right. I mean, creatively, they they didn't do the best job. I'm curious your thoughts on the two shows though this week, uh, Raw and SmackDown. What'd you think of them? Uh, like yeah, like I thought they were kind of like both both kind of mixed bag shows. I mean, you know, like I said, it's the uh, Raw was kind of yeah, you know, the, well, the contract signing that. It really didn't happen, but uh, you know, I mean, they, they didn't surprise me with the Eric Rowan face turn. I didn't see that happening. Actually, when the when Harper's music hit, I thought he was it was actually going to be him, you know, swerving, you know, Triple H and being the face. But uh, you know, then Rowan came out and was like, "Holy!" Hmm. <laughs> so it's like uh, the the whole thing with the, the, the this was see the, uh, the so called swerve with Cesaro, though. Yeah, that that was that was really pointless. Uh, I I don't know what they're. Yeah, yeah, he, you know, he's he's, in a, he's another one of those guys where it's like you know it's like he's got so much talent they didn't uh, you know it's like they don't know how to use him right. Uh, but as far as the, you know, like the end of Raw, uh, it was all right. You know, it wasn't wasn't horrible. Uh, the end of SmackDown, though, you know, it's like he, I know it's because it's like Triple H's you know, his job is on the line and all that, but like you had him lay out all four guys with the chair and then he pedigrees right back. So it's like he took out the whole he took out the whole team himself. Yeah, he did. Like, I thought that you know it's like. <laughs> Uh, you know, it's like okay, great. So there, here we go, burying everybody again. <laughs> yeah, so it's just, it's, 
you know, so I mean, I did think he was going to put himself in the match. I'm Scott was kind of surprised. I didn't see Luke Harper being put in the match, you know, or even being on the team, you know, the week before uh, when he threw Ziggler into the authority was, uh, you know, office or whatever. But uh, yeah, so I, I, you know, I'm just hoping that it's not going to be Cena against all five guys and then winning the whole thing himself. Agreed. You know, and yeah, it's yeah. interesting. And again, it's like it's kind of a, a mixed bag. Like, you know, you kind of like on one hand, and I hear what you're saying. On one hand, Triple H taking out the whole team, um, you know, it just makes Triple H look so far superior to everyone else. On the flip side, like the character Triple H, um, you know, would at least do that or attempt to do that. Um, I like Luke Harper being added to the match. I think it's good for Luke Harper, and I think he's re- he's really talented, and, I, and I'm I'm happy to see him getting a push, like being in this this team. However, um, and Dave, you brought it up last week. You know, Triple H, that character, that guy, wouldn't leave this up to chance. He put himself in the match like that. Like take all like I mean, I like Triple H. I get it. Some people don't like him. He buries you, whatever. But the character Triple H would not leave it up to chance. He would not put a match together and hope that a Luke Harper can get the job done. Triple H, the character, would be like, I'm getting in the ring, I'm taking care of my job, there's going to be a, a sledgehammer under the ring, and, and I'm going to kick ass. So it's, again, creatively, Dave, I think it's like a mixed bag with the Triple H character. Yeah, Um Another thing that you know you have to bring up about the Triple H character is the Triple H has stated in the past that the Authority always wins, and there is all you know that they always have a plan B in mind. I mean, the, the, the most recent one that comes to memory is Seth Rollins. Evolution was clean sweet at the Payback pay per view by the Shield. The next night, the Shield's ready to battle Evolution again. Yes, Evolution was down one member because Batista had quit, but what did they do? They recruited Seth Rollins, and look where look where he is today. You know, he's the the number one heel in the company right now. One of the most hated guys on the roster. His character is, I should say, and he's the authority's face of WWE. Uh, so Triple H always has a, a plan in mind. That character, and I think that Triple H, that him setting up the stipulation for tonight's match with with Team Cena losing, then everybody but John Cena is fired. I think that's in. I, I think, quite honestly, that is part of setting up whoever turns heel on John Cena. Now, I don't think it's going to be Ryback because Ryback has done the babyface heel thing back and forth recently. I don't think it's going to be Eric Rowan because I think they have a direction that they want to take him in as, like I said, a weird, creepy but sympathetic, strange babyface. Very early stages of what Kane's character was when he was tagging with X Pac. Big Show's done it a million times. I mean, I can't. Big Show hates the authority. I mean, I wouldn't want to join forces with somebody who stole my house and made me cry on TV every week. So that leaves Dolph Ziggler. And like I said earlier, Dolph Ziggler's character has been put through the ringer since he was the first person to volunteer to join Team Cena. And he's always been wanting to break through that glass ceiling. Well, if you can't beat him, join him. And I think that the Triple H character has found his plan B to make sure that they will absolutely win. And I, I, I'm, I think it's going to be Dolph Ziggler. So before um, I yeah, it, Tony, I'm, I'm curious, what match are you looking forward to most tonight? Well, I get, well, I get that one since that's the only one, this, this, that's the only one that really has any meaning on here. 
but uh, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm just looking forward to see what they're going to do with the debut of uh, the major name, <laughs> more, more so than anything else. But uh, you know, I really hope we don't get like a like a, a, a swerve or a heel turn or you know from from any, you know it's like we, we've seen so many of those and it's like it, it's, you know like they get too predictable and it's. I don't know. I really don't want to see anybody like turn. You know, like I don't. I, I don't know. I don't want to see Ziggler turn heel. You know, because I. You know, like the guy's over with the fans a lot. You know, I mean, I think I think he'd be a good. You know, I I like him better as a babyface. I mean, don't get me wrong. He's good as a heel too. But you know, it's like I, I don't know. I don't really want to have. Like you know, I don't want I don't want Survivor Series Survivor Series just because of Montreal to become the screw job show. You know, it's, it's you know so it's like you know, it's so it's. It, you know, like I say, you know, like I. I, I'm thinking they're gonna, you know, have, the, you know, the face, of, the baby faces are gonna win. I just hope it's not Cena, clean sweeping everybody by himself. And you know, it's like, oh yeah, Super Cena just vanquished everybody. You know, it's like, I mean, they could, I don't know, what they should do is have have him be eliminated first, and then it's like the other four guys can be like, oh man, we really gotta fight for it now. You know, Creative, you I mean, that's, that's, a, that's a that's a pretty good idea actually. It is. Yeah. Well, it wasn't my, it wasn't mine, but. <laughs> <laughs> well, you should have taken credit for it. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, you know, and I mean, you know, there's some creative. I mean, you know, if you, if you, I can see, you know, like Harper and Rowan will probably, you know, they'll they'll brawl and get counted out or whatever, uh, unless Rowan turns heel and they put the two of them back together. Uh, well, you know, I don't know, that wouldn't make any sense either. But um, you know, uh, the only way I don't know, maybe I don't know, maybe they they might do something where Triple H is like, maybe he'll take somebody out of the match and be like, yeah, I gotta be, I gotta be in here because everything's on the line. So he's gonna like pull, he'll pull like you know Kane or somebody out of it, somebody out of the match, or maybe I don't know, or there's some kind of like injury angle or whatever. I don't know, but uh, <laughs> you know, uh, you know, even during the match, I mean, the hometown, you know, certain hometown guy is probably gonna come out and go in, go after him anyway, because he's there too. I just hope you know tonight we get a you know get an entertaining pay per view. Tony, great stuff. Uh, yeah. Great, you should have taken credit for the Cena thing, but give us a call tomorrow night. Hopefully, we're talking about a Kick-Ass Survivor Series uh, on tomorrow night's show. Thanks for the call. Talk to you later. All right, see you. Talk tomorrow yeah, night. Hope this is the one. Yeah. Yes. There we go. Tony with some good stuff again. Just take credit for some of that stuff. But we're gonna. Oh, we got Mike on the line. Let's go see uh, Mike. How you doing this evening? Hey guys, what's going on? Not much. How are you? All right, just get ready for a Survivor Series. Uh, I can't wait. Hopefully, it, it you know they give us a good show. The build up towards Survivor Series has been horrible. Uh, I think uh, you know with the Cena and this whole authority business. Uh, I I don't see Team Cena winning tonight. I see see Team Authority Authority winning. So okay, why well, is that? Like, give us a scenario. What are you seeing happening in that match? I just see overpowering. I see interference. Um, you know, there's a certain talk about a superstar coming in um, tonight, and uh, the Viper could be around. So you never know what's going to happen with Randy Orton. Uh, I'm hearing Randy Orton's going to be there tonight since it's in St. Louis. So we got to see what's going to. Uh, What's well, going to go down? But I, I see Team Authority winning. I see Triple H getting involved, and I see a great—I uh, can see a great McMahon Helmsley uh, victory. That's what I see. I see a great victory for Triple H. I see tomorrow night on Monday Night Raw, we'll celebrate Triple H's uh, triumph. 
That's what I think. I think it's going to go down. But uh, how many matches are on Survivor Series tonight? Six? There's six matches. Well, there's there's five technically for the, the pay-per-view itself, and we got one. I know the match that everyone is looking forward to. I mean, if you're going to try and sell this pay-per-view to the masses and get people in the fold and, and promote that network, well, you've got to hand it to the WWE to give us a Fandango match to, to in, the, in the pre-show, because I know that's going to hook fans. Um, yeah, so that's actually the, that's the, the sixth match. <laughs> and by the way, there's, there's a rumor that the superstar that's coming in tonight is T.L. Hopper. It's not. It's not the Hopper. T.L. <laughs> Hopper? Yeah, it's not him. Oh my god, <laughs> not him. Okay, good. So I'm curious, no. Mike. Like tonight, tonight's show. I mean, I'm looking forward. I'm hoping it's it's a great show. Uh, you know, my, um, Tony brought up a good point. You know, the the, the setup. I mean, the the, the lead in the Survivor Series has been very main event centric. Uh, it's been all about that uh, the team Cena versus Team Authority. Um, mm. You know, I'm curious. Like, what match are you looking forward to most tonight? Hornswoggle versus Dink. I think that's going to be a good one. A bomb burner. Hornswoggle versus Dink. And Doink <laughs> the Clown's going to be looking. And Doink the Clown's going to be looking on somewhere. Uh, no, really, uh, the match I'm looking forward to the most, believe it or not, is Bray Wyatt versus Dean Ambrose. I want to see them have a great match with Survivor Series. I want to see them blow the roof off the place. My only question to you guys is, what are, what are they going to do with Rusev? You know, Rusev Mashka, is he, gonna, is he going to be like a Bad News Brown type of tag team partner where he gets accidentally hit and then he destroys people? That's, that's an interesting question. I mean, I, I could see that. I don't think so. I think this is, which I, I do think it's good for Rusev. I think we're going to see Rusev get eliminated at some point. Maybe it's in a melee and someone sneaks up on it and pins him. But I think that's how they're going to get. They're going to get away with the first time Rusev's pinned not being a a, a singles match loss. So mm. I, I I think it should be interesting. I mean, I think they're going to it'll spawn off something. Whoever winds up pinning him, um, yeah. or maybe there's a conflict with someone in his team if there's miscommunication. But uh, that's what I mean. For me, that's what I see happening. I think Rusev gets eliminated at some point. Um, and and that's it's a big deal because it's the first time he's he's pinned. Yeah, your thoughts on Rusev, Dave? Um, I, I would agree with you if Team Cena is winning the match. If Team Authority wins, I think Rusev and Seth Rollins are the last two guys remaining in that match. That's if Team Authority wins. It, it, I do see your point there. If they want to get away with the first pinfall victory happening in a tag match. They could do that, but I think that would be if Team Cena were to win the match. So I'm, I'm, I'm gonna, but I like Mike's analogy. You know, going, you know, going back to you know previous Survivor Series, you know, Bad News Brown, two years in a row, '88 and '89, got accidentally clocked, and he, he he took it out on his own team members and ended up walking out both times. So Bad News Brown was the true 100% loner. You could look at Rusev as a loner now because he's you know a Russian sympathizer. Uh, that that hates America and everyone else on his team is American, but he's basically doing this job for the authority because the authority got him that championship match for the United States title, and they see they they see a strength in their team with him there. So um, we could see something like that that Mike brought up. Um, you know, maybe 
Kane or, or, or Mark Henry. You know, there's bad blood with him and Mark Henry. They had a pay-per-view match a few months ago. So, I mean, you could easily, you know, hide a pinfall over Rusev by having maybe him and Mark Henry, uh, you know, not butthead during the match, their own team, on their own team. And eventually the two of them get counted out or they brawl out of the ring, their own team, and setting up some dissension. Maybe that's where you see the turning point of Team Cena having like a four-on-three or a five-on-three advantage of some kind, and then maybe that's when you set up the heel turn, um, uh, uh, you know, from Team Cena to eventually give the authority the victory. And the tag team match, I see, I actually see a uh, comedy team winning. I see the comedy styles of the Miz and and uh, and whatever the hell he's called now, Miz Dow. I think they're going to steal it. I think they're going to walk away with the titles. Interesting. They're That's what I think. There. I mean, that could that could happen, and it and it and it, and it could not happen. I mean, you never know. Um, I'm looking forward to the Divas. I want to see what the Divas give us tonight. I want to see. Um, really? You know? Yeah, I want to see what the Divas <laughs> give us tonight. Why not? Hey, without the Divas, you know, we would have nothing to look at except for Rusev, and he's not that good looking. I mean, I'd rather look at Lana than Rusev. Well, I would hope so. Valid well, point. I mean, I'm into I'm into the Lana character, and you know, Rusev just doesn't do it for me. But Daniel Bryan's beard does enough. it for me. I like his beard, but that's a, a different story for another show. But yeah, um, I can't wait for Survivor Series tonight. It doesn't have that feel. I actually had to watch old Survivor Series to get myself pumped up for it. Like I said, I don't think the buildup was that good for it. I, I I just think that they should have been pushing it more and more and more to try to get more people on board. I I just don't know. Is it is it going to be? Oh, and by the way, the 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 biggest thing now with this so-called well, the superstar is coming in supposedly tonight. I heard he's not going to be on Monday Night Raw or SmackDown. They're just he's going to be exclusively for tonight. They're not going to have him at Raw or SmackDown. Interesting stuff. Oh, I don't know. I don't know what he's going to do though. I mean, what, what if the Authority wins and he comes out? You know, what if they, he does a swerve like what happened with Hulk Hogan? You know, like what happens then? What happens if the Authority wins? The lights go out, and this guy comes out. Oh, That's and I also thing. heard that somebody's coming back tonight from the dead, I heard. Someone's coming back from the dead tonight? That's right. The dead. Well, if someone comes back from the dead, then this is pay-per-view of the year, at least. Someone's coming back from the dead. I, I, I feel a bell. I think we're going to hear the gong tonight. Really? That's what huh. I heard. I heard that today, too, from, from a, a reliable source of mine. Interesting stuff. Let's let's see what happens. I mean, again, like you're right. Okay, I guys. Tonight well, wasn't great, but I think the setup wasn't great. But um, I'm just hoping for a good pay-per-view. I think you you nailed a lot of good points. And uh, again, hopefully, I'll say the same thing I said to Tony. Hopefully, tomorrow night, Mike, they give us a buzz and we're talking about a a kick-ass Survivor Series. So, well, I hope it's better. I hope it's going to be better than last year's pay-per-view. I mean, you always want it to be better. You always hope. You know, they creative WWE creative. And, you know, they throw Mark Carano down our throats. They shove the guy down our throats. They act like he's the, he's the best thing. You know what? Without Triple H, there is no creative in my mind. Triple H is a creative genius. Mark Carano is good at what he does, but he's not no Triple H. 
Good stuff, Mike. Thanks a lot for the phone call, and we'll talk to you tomorrow night about how we'll great Survivor Series. We'll talk to you tomorrow Series. night. Hopefully, hopefully, you know, we'll catch up. Yeah, I'm sure you guys will do a chat tonight. I'll be on there. So we'll be talking about the Survivor Series, and we'll be all geared up for it. I can't wait. Guys, I'll talk to you tomorrow night. I'm excited. I'm ready to go. Let's, let's survive tonight. Let's see if we can survive. Sounds good. I'll talk to you later, Mike. Take it easy. Okay. There's Mike with a, with a bunch of good points, and... uh we got some calls out there on hold. We're going to get to you in in a minute, but we got a segment, new segment that we're going to bring to uh, the the Ken Reedy Show for our once a month, our pay per view pregame. So it is time. Get ready, sit down, give a listen. It's time. The Ken Reedy Show pay per view rewind. It's going to be about Survivor Series, obviously this month, hosted by our historian extraordinaire. Dave Rosenbluth. Dave, take it away. Thank you very much. I am pleased and honored to get to, to present to you the inaugural Ken Reedy Show pay-per-view rewind segment here, highlighting the Survivor Series. Now, I have ten historical facts regarding tonight's Survivor Series pay-per-view. Not the actual pay-per-view tonight, but the overall history of Survivor Series. As you know, the Survivor Series is the second longest running pay-per-view in WWE history, debuting in 1987 on Thanksgiving night. Now, a little side note. On this evening, Jim Crockett Promotions and the NWA attempted to air Starcade 1987 on pay-per-view outlets. However, it was the current chairman of the, of the World Wrestling Federation, Mr. Vince McMahon, who put a veto, stopped all that, told all the pay-per-view companies, said, if you air their program, we will come off your pay-per-view. We will not air our program on your, on your cable satellites. Forcing a lot of pay-per-view uh, companies to drop Jim Crockett Promotions and the NWA from, uh, from airing their show. And for those of you who are unaware, Survivor Series is a concept in which teams of four or more compete to eliminate an entire team in order to survive. Eliminations occur by pinball, submission, countout, or disqualification. Once a competitor is eliminated, they must return to the back, leaving the rest of his team to continue the battle. In years past, we've seen four-on-one, five-on-one, four-on-two, three-on-two situations arise until an entire team has been eliminated. In the 27-year history of this event, 142 teams have competed in a traditional Survivor Series elimination match totaling it out to 69 Survivor Series elimination matches having taken place. Out of those 69 Survivor Series elimination matches, 304 WWE superstars and divas have competed in them. 102 superstars and divas out of those 304 have been victorious. Out of those 102, 25 superstars and divas were the sole survivors, outlasting the opposing team as well as their own. The names on that list include Andre the Giant, The Ultimate Warrior, Hulk Hogan, Mr. Perfect, The Million Dollar Man Ted DiBiase, Tito Santana, The Nature Boy Ric Flair, Made in the USA Lex Luger, Razor Ramon, The One Two Three Kid, Bertha Faye, Art Gun, The Rock, Kurgan, the British Bulldog Davy Boy Smith, the world's most dangerous man, Ken Shamrock. 
The Big Show, Hardcore Holly, Jeff Hardy, Randy Orton, Beth Phoenix, Kofi Kingston, Dolph Ziggler, and Roman Reigns. Only three of those men can lay claim of being the sole survivor on more than one occasion. Those individuals, Hulk Hogan, The Ultimate Warrior, and Randy Orton, each have survived on their own four times. Nineteen of those survivors are also full-fledged, card-carrying members of the WWE Hall of Fame. Speaking of Hall of Fames, the glorious state of Ohio, home to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, has held the most Survivor Series events in its 27-year history. 1987, 1988, and 1992 were all held in Richfield, Ohio. Cleveland, Ohio, not too far from Richfield, also hosted Survivor Series in 2004, rounding out a grand total of four Survivor Series events held in the state of Ohio. New York City and Detroit, Michigan are tied with holding three Survivor Series, respectively. And Montreal, Quebec, Canada was the only time Survivor Series was held outside of the United States back in 1997. And the infamous Montreal screw job involving Brett the Hitman Hart, Shawn Michaels, and Mr. McMahon, which has been talked about and that horse has been beaten to death for the past 16 years. However, will we see another screw job at the 28th annual Fall Classic tonight? Only time will tell. On the topic of numbers, the Survivor Series elimination matches over the years have been contested under a wide variety of numbers. Four on four, five on five, and surprisingly enough, 20 on 20? Yes, you heard that right. In 1987 and 1988, the largest Survivor Series elimination matches occurred in a tag team format. 20 teams competed in two teams of 10 in a traditional Survivor Series elimination match. The rules in this match were if a member of a tag team was pinned or made to submit, then not only was he eliminated, but so was his tag team partner. The smallest traditional Survivor Series elimination match Well, that took place in 1991, as six men competed in a three-on-three encounter. The big boss man, teaming with the the Legion of Doom, battled Erwin R. Scheister, otherwise known as IRS, and his partners, Earthquake and Typhoon, the natural disasters. Speaking of three, there have been three traditional Survivor Series elimination matches where a power shift in WWE has been determined. In 2001, the WWF defeated Team Alliance of the WCW and ECW contingent for control of the landscape of sports entertainment. In 2003, Eric Bischoff led a team with Randy Orton, Chris Jericho, Scott Steiner, Christian, and Mark Henry, known as Team Bischoff, facing Team Stone Cold, who had Shawn Michaels, the Dudley Boys, Booker T, and Rob Van Dam for control of Monday Night Raw. Team Bischoff was victorious. And 2004 saw Team Randy Orton, captained by Randy Orton, along with Chris Benoit, Chris Jericho, and the inaugural Tough Enough winner, Maven, defeat Team Triple H. Triple H, Batista, Edge, and Snitsky for control of Monday Night Raw for 30 days. Out of those three matches, Randy Orton was the sole survivor in two of those encounters. But that's not where Orton's place in Survivor Series elimination match history ends. As in 2005, Orton was the sole survivor for Team SmackDown over Team Raw, making Randy Orton the only WWE superstar in history to own three consecutive victories as the sole survivor of his Survivor Series team. 
While on the topic of a native of St. Louis, 1998 is the year that saw a new WWE champion crowned at the Survivor Series in St. Louis, Missouri. On that night, The Rock won a deadly game tournament, defeating Mankind in the finals. St. Louis is also the home to tonight's Survivor Series event, and also home to that native that I discussed earlier, Randy Orton. Will Orton have an impact on tonight's main event in front of his hometown crowd? We shall see. And there you have it, folks. That was the inaugural pay-per-view rewind. I hope you were educated. Until next time, this is the wrestling historian extraordinaire, Dave Rosenbluth. Class dismissed. That was good stuff. I like that. I think that that new segment's got some wheels. That's real good stuff. And so, like, you know, I'm, I'm not the best historian. That's uh, your forte. I had no idea, you know. I probably did at some point, but... Uh, some real good stuff out of Randy Orton, and uh, you know, interesting. Not not booked for tonight's show. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. In St. Louis, been screwed by the authority. Uh, it's interesting, you know. I, I and you haven't heard it anywhere, Dave, but you hear it here. Randy Orton's got a nice little run as far as uh, history goes in Survivor Series. Um, do we see Randy Orton perhaps showing up tonight? I, I think we do. Um, there have been rumors that, you know, we, we, some of our callers have alluded to some names returning this evening um, and, and debuting at tonight's Survivor Series. And Survivor Series is all about, as, as you know, it's been synonymous with the screw job, and we've discussed that. We're not going to beat that horse to death like a lot of other people do because we already know how that came about. There's been 8 million stories behind it. But Survivor Series has also been synonymous with big debuts. Of course, 1990 saw the debut of The Undertaker. 1999 saw the debut of Kurt Angle. 2012 saw the debut of The Shield. Tonight, we could see a debut of a legend, future Hall of Famer, which we will discuss later on on this show. But returning could possibly be Randy Orton in his hometown. Like you said, he's been screwed by the authority. Could he have some impact in tonight's main event? Could he be a last-minute replacement, replacing somebody on Team Cena to join against the fight against the authority? Or could Orton just make a run-in during the match? I mean, we don't know for sure, but fan reports say that Orton has been spotted in town. Orton even went on Twitter and thanked, you know, the, the talked about his filming of the, the, the Condemned 2, which is a WWE movie. It's been done filming in, it was done filming in New Mexico last week. Um, Orton did not make it known that he was going to be a part of Survivor Series from the fan reports I read, but he wasn't going out of his way to, to um, you know, hide his appearance locally in St. Louis. At one point, I think even somebody was spotted, uh, somebody spotted him eating lunch with his father, Cowboy Bob Orton, um, near the building as of yesterday. So we don't know um, for sure as far as, his return tonight goes, um, it's very quite possible. Or they could just save his return for tomorrow night on Raw. They're always big about ratings. But I think with this free network, free Survivor Series thing that they've been pushing all month, I think they're trying to give you this, you know, this big feel of all these surprises could take place on pay-per-view if you sign up for the network. And Orton, you know, when Orton left, 
you know, a few weeks ago when his character was written off of TV for a couple of weeks. I mean, you know, that Raw was a very lackluster Raw, but that that segment that he was in with the authority and then the beatdown, I mean, it, it had some heat. Like, people believed him as a babyface again. They, 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 they wanted to see him turn on the authority. They wanted to see him go break out on his own. So, I mean, it's it's got some steam, it's got some legs, and there's some unfinished business. It's hometown. I, I don't see why not he wouldn't be involved um, in the main event tonight in some way, shape, or form, whether it's interference or whether it's actually being officially added to the match. But I, I'm not going to guarantee it, but he'll be around during the main event. He'll be on the show. I wouldn't go that far. I'm, I'm sorry. He'll be on the show at some point tonight. So no, my thing. So many things, and like, and you're right. It's all the network. Like, you know, you, you keep wondering what surprise is going to happen tonight to uh, uh, to help sell that network. Let's go back out to the phones. We have some people who have been on hold for a while. Uh, and someone actually uh, kind of reminded of the woods, uh, New City. Call, are you there? We're here. How you doing, Ken? Doing all right. I, I know that voice, Todd. How are you? Um. I'm great. I'm sitting here with the boys. We've uh, we got the pre-show on. You know, we tuned into you a little late, unfortunately. So I don't know if anything we bring up has been covered. But you'll cut me off. You're comfortable enough with me to cut me off right away. <laughs> so but uh, you know the first. Well, the first thing, and I'm assuming this hasn't been hit because uh, we turned the pre-show on while we were on hold with you, and seeing Paul Heyman sitting there, I don't know what the WWE is thinking. Do they think that when we see Paul Heyman, we're going to be fooled into thinking, oh, well, finally, uh, the champ has made an appearance? Or, you know, realistically, do they understand that it just draws attention to the fact that we never see Brock Lesnar? Because that's the first thing I thought. I hadn't been thinking about Brock Lesnar too much. There's an exciting pay-per-view going on tonight with a huge match. And all of a sudden, they got to throw it in our face. But don't forget that Lesnar's never here. You know, it's a, it's a good point. Like, it's one of those things, like, I love Heyman, and I never really thought of it that way, you know, because I like seeing Heyman on, on my TV because he's he's very entertaining. But you're right. right. It, it's kind of become an out of sight, out of mind. And I don't necessarily know if that's a good thing, the champ being irrelevant. But, yeah, all of a sudden when you're getting ready for a pay-per-view that the champ is not going to be on, and the focal point has been um, this other, you know, the, the control of the company match, uh, yeah, it does kind of shine a spotlight. Like, if you weren't thinking about it, like, oh, yeah, we we kind of have an absentee champion going. That's a really good point. Dave, what your thoughts on, on Heyman being on the pre-show? Well, I, no. think it's a, I think it's a reminder that Brock Lesnar is the champion, in case those of you have forgotten. Um, I can see where, where, where Todd's going with this in, in terms of his feelings as to, you know, being a viewer and seeing Heyman, and it's like a big reminder that Lesnar isn't there. Um, I mean, it, adding Heyman to the show, it does good things, don't get me wrong. But, at the, you know, here's here's the one thing. And I'm not watching the pre-show, obviously. I don't know what, what, what you're seeing there, Todd. But I, I think their approach to having Heyman on the show is Heyman's an advocate for Brock Lesnar. And Brock Lesnar is the current reigning defending WWE champion. His character is. Well, there's a big possible power shift in WWE if the authority loses this huge match tonight. So I think Heyman, as an advocate for the champion, has got an investment in this match because it was the authority who had gotten his client the title shot at SummerSlam to begin with. 
the authority made Brock Lesnar and Paul Heyman plan B to the throne John Cena for the WWE Championship. So I think Paul Heyman, the character, is probably in attendance tonight to observe what could potentially be his client's future in WWE after the end of tonight's main event. Right. You know, it's not just that they gave him the shot, but it's also the authority, in essence, that's allowing him to hold the title and not wrestle once a month. So, exactly. you know, they start, you know, there are rumors now that uh, he's being booked for more shows than we had heard previously. And, you know, maybe that is in anticipation of someone else taking charge and saying this is not going to be allowed to stand. That's, that's, a, that's a good point, Todd. You know, I, 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 w- I would have to agree with you there. I mean, I've seen that he's been booked on, he's booked on at least like three or four Raws in December. I don't know if that means he's going to be wrestling at the next pay-per-view. I don't know if that means we could see a surprise return tonight. Could he be Triple H's plan B to help him, you know, to defeat Team Cena? We don't know. Right. And that's what's interesting, and I think that's why they've kind of got Heyman there to get us and, and regular fans guessing as to, you know, what could take place in tonight's main event. I think also, too, in a realistic standpoint, is them booking Brock Lesnar as much as they have in the month of December and then going into the new year is because Brock Lesnar's contract runs out shortly after WrestleMania. And the news broke this week that, you know, there could be a chance Brock Lesnar leaves WWE and goes back to the mixed martial arts world. UFC and Bellator are both interested in Brock Lesnar, and currently WWE and Brock Lesnar can't agree to a new deal. So... This may be WWE's way of trying to get their money's worth out of him and, and, and for as long as they can until that contract runs out. So maybe that's why we're seeing more of Brock Lesnar in the, in the coming weeks. Who knows? But it's a great point you make there. Thank you. Thank you. By the way, since you're not watching, I'll fill you in. We just had a tremendous match between Fandango and Justin Gabriel. Sorry you missed it. Really? Um, I don't know about you, but that's, that's enough for me to want to order the pay-per-view. I mean, that like... If you're trying to push that network and get people to subscribe, well, boy, howdy, throw on Fandango versus Just Just Incredible or Just, just Incredible, Justin Gabriel. That's going to get that's you. That's a real needle uh, mover. Yeah, unbelievable. Anyway, continue, you know, Todd. I'm sorry, I interrupted. No, that's all right. You know, with obviously some interesting matches tonight. Um, the uh, I, I love the Lunatic Fringe versus the Eater of Worlds. I love that title. And, uh, you know, even the, the Divas champion, actually the Divas situation, did you address this at all? The, uh, the potential for someone from Total Divas to win, or is that an impossibility at this point? Has that come up? Uh, no, nothing about the Divas has come up as of yet. You know, what, what's really interesting to me is that there was this big story about a month ago that no one on Total Divas is going to be allowed to win the title. And the next thing you know, someone from the show is booked in a title match, and I wonder if the idea here is to surprise everyone and give the title to someone on the show. But, you know, I know that's not the focus here, and neither, really neither are any of the other matches. It's the, the main event because it's so big. And the two questions, and I heard you addressing to some degree these things, who might be involved in the match that isn't yet, and if the authority loses, who's taking over? So... You know, I know you've discussed these things. In my mind, uh, there's definitely a chance for somebody or multiple somebodies to get knocked out before the match based on what's been going on here the last few weeks. And Triple H being involved in this match wouldn't surprise me. 
Um, Randy Orton on the other surprise, uh, side wouldn't surprise me. Um, I don't know if Cesaro is a potential entrant, you know, based on his siding with the authority and their little practical joke. Uh, anybody else that you think might be involved in the main event tonight that uh, I didn't mention? No, no, Dave, your thoughts? Roman Reigns. Uh, he's another name that's been discussed that apparently uh, he was at a, uh, a Comic-Con yesterday in Reno, Nevada. They flew him out into St. Louis. Apparently he is in attendance at the pay-per-view. Um, there's been talk of so many surprises tonight for, for tonight's pay-per-view because the network is free this month, because Survivor Series is free this month. They want to give non-subscribers this feel that anything could happen when you watch a WWE pay-per-view on the network. Um, but at the same time, with some of these other surprises, they might hold back on Reigns' surprise just a little bit if they were to bring him in tonight. Um, right. there's, there's been rumors that Reigns, uh, it, it's been, actually, I'm sorry, not rumors, it's fact. He's been lo- advertised locally to compete at um, the TLC pay-per-view next month in Cleveland. Uh, he's been advertised for some of the live events to wrestle against Kane and to wrestle against Rusev. So maybe one of the, maybe we see Eric Rowan or, or even Big Show get taken out of this match and then Reigns is a surprise entrant as a part of Team Cena, which then sets up his run with Rusev um, following tonight's event. So it, it, it could be it could be possible we could see Roman Reigns involved in, in the match tonight. I don't know his status 100% if he's 100% cleared to compete, but um, it is a five-on-five elimination tag match. So I mean, you you don't have you can limit his uh, you know movement in the ring. If you wanted to just add him to the match as like a you know as a surprise at the last minute, but Reigns is probably the only guy that comes to mind. Orton too, who knows? But um, I think that they would be better served as taking some of those surprises and kind of spreading them out over this thin card because, like I said, there's five or six matches on the show, so you probably want to probably want to take whatever these surprises are, and not necessarily throw all your eggs in one basket in the main event. Right. I I think you may get some of these surprise attacks some of these uh you know face-offs backstage before the main event and i wouldn't be surprised in fact in my mind i'd say better than 50 50 someone who's booked in the survivor series match right now doesn't make it to the main event i would have i agree with you you there too tom before we let you go i gotta ask you i don't think you voted on the facebook but our our all-time tournament uh team hulkamaniacs versus team uh Team Warriors, uh, which team would you vote for there? You know, I I didn't vote because I wasn't watching uh, wrestling enough all the way through, although I was watching at that time. Uh, give me give me a quick reminder now who are on these teams, and I'll give you my vote right away. We got Hulk Hogan with Demolition and Jake the Snake Roberts versus the Ultimate Warrior with uh, Legion of Doom and the uh, Texas Tornado, Kerry Von Erich. Oh, wow. Uh, really tough. Um, I'm going to say, although it's tough for me to vote against Hogan, the uh, the Legion of Doom over Demolition. Warrior is a tremendous leader, you know, so is Hogan. But having a Von Erich involved as well, and the Legion of Doom, I'm going to go with Team Warriors right there. They've got my vote. It's a tough call. I mean, two great teams, but uh, 
Yeah, or, or it's tough, like, putting uh, Legion of Doom along with the Ultra Warrior. That's a, that's a tough team to vote against. Thanks for the call, though, Todd. Uh, lots of great points, and uh hope you and, and, and the boys uh, enjoy tonight. I hope it's a real kick-ass pay-per-view, and definitely give us another call. All right, thanks a lot. We'll talk to you soon. Take it easy, brother. Bye. Thanks, good Todd. Stuff. Good stuff from Todd. Lots of good points. Um, I did. I, I never thought of that, but, you know, the idea that, that Brock Lesnar uh, could be booked – for more shows, that could be something in, intrinsically in the storyline where there's a new faction in power, and it's to hell with this. Uh, you need to be on TV, and almost forced by the new uh, ruling party, uh, yeah, storyline-wise, to be on TV. Uh, it's, I never thought of that. Uh, it's a good point. Um, the interesting stuff from Todd. Yeah, that is an interesting point. You know, I was going I, I, as he was, you know, talking, and I was going doing some research. He's booked for um, December eighth, December the fifteenth, and December the twenty ninth, I believe. He's booked for three Raws, um, scheduled to appear at, on on three Raws. The December eighth Raw, I believe, is the go home show for the TLC pay per view. Now, there have been rumors that Lesnar will defend his championship against Cena at the TLC pay-per-view, but now they're saying that they might just hold that off till January at the Royal Rumble. Um, but Lesnar being back on TV in the month of December, I think it's serving a few purposes. It would be interesting that if Team Authority were to lose tonight and they were to have a new authority figure um, running things in WWE, that they would book Brock Lesnar and the champion to be on television more. Um, it, 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 Todd made a great point there, and, and that kind of brings me to, you know, uh, another topic of discussion that we haven't hit on that a lot of people have discussed, you know, on on the show tonight, is the debut. It's been rumored. It's been talked about. It's been discussed forever. Sting, former WCW legend, a future Hall of Famer, it's been rumored that he's going to make an appearance tonight and debut at the Survivor Series. Could this be something where he gets involved in tonight's main event? Could this signal him being a mainstay on WWE TV heading into WrestleMania season? Um, Mike Ferrara brought a point up about this individual being booked to appear on tonight's show, but not on Raw or SmackDown this week. So it begs the question... What kind of involvement does Sting have in, in, in storylines going forward, it, even if that's the case? Or if this is just some sort of one-off deal that's supposed to be a surprise to get people you know, to tune into the network? Because from what I've been reading, from what research I've been doing, Sting was never an original plan to debut at Survivor Series tonight. This was something that was last minute. And because he's been promoting the video game this week, for WWE, it was decided that they would want him to be involved in tonight's Survivor Series event. Even going as far as he flew out of Dallas, Texas last night, allegedly, to Kansas City. So that in the event fans were waiting at the airport in St. Louis, they wouldn't get pictures with him or spot him or post any of these photos on social media. And then from Kansas City to St. Louis, he was driven by, by uh, somebody from WWE to the arena. So they've been kind of keeping his debut return under wraps, sort of. But most people know that there's a good chance Sting could debut tonight. But then again, I'm the firm believer of I'll believe it when I see it. Because we were betting a farm 
back in April that he was going to debut the night after WrestleMania in New Orleans, and that didn't happen. And then we were betting the farm that he was going to debut when they brought out the video game reveal, and that didn't happen. So I'll believe it when I see it. But his involvement could be very interesting because if he's involved in tonight's main event storyline and if the authority were to lose, Sting would be the perfect character right now because he can't wrestle all that often to have that sort of like authority figure kind of role but wrestle occasionally, kind of like what Triple H does, and be that hero to the WWE Universe by booking a guy like Brock Lesnar, who is the champion, to wrestle more because that's what's really best for business. So time will tell, we'll see, but it would make for some very interesting television tonight. You know, something historic that's never been done. Sting has never appeared in the WWE ring before, and we could see it tonight. It would be great, man, if, like, you know, all of a sudden the pay-per-view's going on and then, like, all the lights go out and the crowd, like, is just at a fever pitch and then, then you just hear, Roxanne, you don't have to put on the red light. Those days are over. I digress. <laughs> and, yeah, I mean, it's funny because, I mean, I, I think Sting, you know, and there's a lot of reliable sources that are reporting that Sting is going to show up tonight. And, you know, I think it could be anywhere from being involved in the main event, uh, you know, perhaps, uh, you know, just threatening from the rafters like he did with the NWO, to just showing up to hawk the video game. I mean, there could be a commercial for the video game, and they, they, they fade back to, like, the arena, and Sting is standing there. I mean, I, I think there could be, it, it could range from him being having a very pivotal part um, to just being a guy there to sell a video game. Uh, it'll probably fall somewhere in the middle. Um, yeah, I mean, he, it would be cool if he, he was, uh, you know, I mean, take everything with a grain of salt. You know, nothing is official. We're hearing this on the dirt sheets. You hear things he's not booked beyond tonight. Um, that doesn't mean anything. That could be a rumor floated uh, specifically by the WWE. Um, but it is, you know, if that in fact happens tonight, um, that is a, an historical moment uh, in the WWE, in pro wrestling, and it's just, it's going to be cool, and again, it'll add that dynamic, hopefully at least to a certain extent, that anything can happen on WWE programming, anything can happen uh, on pay-per-views, and you need to get the network because you're going to miss these historic moments if you don't have the network, and, you know, hopefully whatever Sting does, and if I'm a betting man, I'm going to say Sting's going to show up tonight, if they where there's smoke, there's fire. I think we're going to see him. I just hope whatever they do, they do it right, and it, it is uh, it has that feel at least of being as historical uh, as it is. Let's go back out to the phones. That Connecticut is back on the line. Let's see, Cole, are you there? I'm here, guys. How's it going, Anthony? It's uh, our buddy doing? Anthony. What's going How's on? How's it going, brother? Good. Good. Uh, maybe I could do some quick live reporting for you. Uh, Bad News Barrett just came out on the pre-show and uh, told everybody he's got some bad news for the authority. If they're to lose tonight, he's taking control of WWE. So, oh, interesting. I might have to take that with a little grain of salt, but uh, that's what he claims. <laughs> but I wanted to put my uh, vote in for the uh, Survivor Series uh, thing you got going on. Uh, I'll go with Team Warriors. We could add that in. And as far as tonight's pay-per-view goes, um, I'm hoping for a good show. I'm kind of 
I figured it'll be okay because I'm not really that excited about it. So, I mean, my expectation level isn't high. So I think based on that, uh, it'd be hard to be too disappointed. Um, I, however, did not see Raw or SmackDown this week because I was busy. So I really didn't see the lead-up. So I don't want to say that's the reason, but I kind of was lukewarm on it to begin with and kind of why I didn't make the point to uh, get caught up today before the show that and watching football. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean, the the build hasn't been good for this pay-per-view. I mean, there's there's no two ways about it. Um, I don't think it's been absolutely terrible, but it it doesn't have that, like, special feel. And and I do think that it's, uh, you know, there's a big problem with... uh, you know, WWE and their year, because you do have a major pay-per-view. You have a, one of the big four um, occurring in Survivor Series. I mean, Dave brought up all these historical moments that are tied to Survivor Series, and yet this part of the year comes off as the WWE offseason, and, and which is surprising to me because it's happened in years past, but I thought we would get more because they're trying so hard to push this network, and I thought we would get more quality programming out of the WWE to push that network because why the hell are you going to buy the network when when Raw's has been kind of lackluster and and I don't get it again I think we're going to get an entertaining pay per view but you're 100 percent right the, the build has just not been there. Well, I kind of think uh, it comes down to in that you know we've talked about it before you know back when I was on over the summer. I, I still get the feeling that it's kind of still adjusting on the fly with all the injuries, the Daniel Bryan injury being the biggest one, the Reigns injury, who, you know, was kind of catching a lot of fire, I think, who kind of had his coming out party last year on Survivor Series. Um, if I remember correctly, he kind of cleaned out the house on Survivor Series even before he went crazy on the Rumble. So that was kind of his coming out party a year ago. But it just seems like with Lesnar not being on TV, those guys being injured, Orton not being on TV, it just seems like everything's like, I don't see the vision or the plan. It's almost like our, they're scrapping things weekly just to try to get by. And I think it's it's coming across in the broadcast that that's kind of what's going on. I could be wrong about that, just my interpretation of it. It's You know, it's, it's a theory, and it's, it's a sound theory. I mean, I... I... But you would think that as much as they put their eggs in, in in the Daniel Bryan basket and, you know, sympathies, I mean, you put, you have that, that lead guy and, and you're ready to push him to the, to the moon and he gets injured. I get it. But you, you really, as a multi-billion dollar entertainment company, you should be better at getting past the injury of one guy. Uh, your thoughts, Dave? Um, as far as the product goes, yeah, I could not want to play my money interpretation. Is there noise? I... Oh, yeah, I hear something. Hello? Yeah. Oh, there you are. Okay. You know, there was noise in the background. Where is that coming from? I went with the TV. I turned the TV down. Maybe it was coming from that. Oh, maybe that was it. Okay. Booker, Booker T <laughs> was talking like pretty a, loud there. <laughs> I thought I thought another line like kind of got spliced in somewhere. Okay, continue, Dan. Yeah, I was like, who, who the hell's talking? But you no, know, I can see where he's coming from. Yeah, you're you're right. This is kind of their down season, but at the same time, you kind of see little sprinkles of what their vision is planned heading into WrestleMania. Um, and uh, you know, 
I, I totally get where you're coming from, Tony, because I feel that way sometimes, too. I mean, my girlfriend used to watch religiously with me. Now she's like, is it good yet? Can I watch again? Is it good yet? Can I watch again? And then she'll watch a few minutes with me and be like, all right, didn't I just see this match like three weeks ago when I stopped watching? So they, I think the injuries don't help. And to be quite honest with you, I think that they're out of fresh ideas in some ways. Um, whoever's the head writer, whoever's the one that's you know calling the shot, to me, I think, they, we said this a few months ago on the show, they need to switch the format up. But I think with some fresh faces, it's especially tonight, you might see a shift in how things are going to go creatively for WWE. And, you know, just on a little side note, we talked about Sting before you, you know, came on the air and, and spoke with us, Tony. And from what I've just read, PW Insider is reporting that Sting's role tonight on the show will be to start his WrestleMania 31 storyline. And allegedly, that's supposed to be against The Undertaker. So, it's, it's ironic we just talk creatively, you know, how there's no vision or direction, but we could see a vision and a direction for WrestleMania 31 starting tonight. Well, that, that may be what they have to do, just to, maybe that's the way they kind of suck people back in with the free months. I know you guys brought this up earlier in the week on Facebook. Why not have an NXT team, even if it's on the pre-show or the opening match? I mean, show off Sami Zayn, show off Tyler Breeze, show off Adrian Neville and all these guys, um, I'm, I would guess that most people that don't have the network probably don't even know what I'm talking about, unless maybe you're at a house show. And the first time I saw Sami Zayn was uh, when we were at that house show in Brooklyn last October. And now yeah, right. I watch them all the time on the network, and it's like, I mean, these guys could work. I know they're smaller. They're, they're kind of like that new wave, high-flying, you know, smaller guys. But, I mean, they have a lot of charisma. Their angering is great. Their matches are exciting. Why not throw them in a? And I shouldn't even say throw it in a throw them in a match, but put together, you know, an NXT verse, even if it's some mid carters, um, and that gets those guys on the pay per views too, where it's not. I I think it's like just super repetitive with the same people all the time, the same matches all the time, and I think that's why I don't. I I'm usually very pro for the company. And I try not to be negative, but I am kind of bored with it lately. I'm not going to be totally honest with you. And I have way more fun at indie shows lately. And I love going to my indie shows and I have a great time. But I love watching WWE wrestling too. And I want the, I want the best for it. And I think, you know, hopefully we see enough tonight that maybe you're right. Maybe it starts building WrestleMania a little early and that brings the excitement back. That would be great. Yeah, I mean, it, it's funny, man. I, I don't get it, you know, especially with promoting the network, that why you wouldn't in some way, shape, or form bring NXT, um, you know, and, you're, and again, like, so your pre-show match, you have uh, Justin Gabriel versus Fandango. I mean, that that's that's supposed to get anyone excited? You couldn't, I mean, really, for the pre-show match, you couldn't have, even if it's, I mean, I would have done a traditional Survivor Series match to keep the theme going, but even if you didn't do that, if you just had a, a, a singles match with two NXT guys, uh, something with NXT. You're trying to push the network. It just it, it boggles my mind how you you have if you brought like a Survivor Series type match in the pre-show with NXT guys and hell if you want to put something like have the Survivor Survivors in, in the match get a contract or get a match on Raw tomorrow night. You know, put a stip in there. 
you don't think that that doesn't make the pre-show a little bit more interesting? And you know, like you said, uh, Anthony, that th- these guys, they, they know how to put on a show. You're not going to tell me as a wrestling fan that if you don't have the network and you see these, these new guys, these NXT guys, and you watch them put on a kick-ass match, and then afterwards the announcers are like, the only place you can see them is the network, that that's not going to help your sales? I mean, I'm no, I'm no genius. I don't run a multi-billion-dollar company. It, it it seems, it just makes sense. It seems pretty easy. I, I don't get what they thought they were accomplishing with Fandango. I think the NXT idea, and Dave, you brought it up. I, I think that is a far superior uh, plan to, to, I mean, if you want to sell the network this month, then give them a taste of something you can only see on the network. I, I, I don't know. Am I wrong here? I'm I'm almost thousand percent on board with you. I I don't get it either. And and I think for people that haven't seen the NXT uh, brand of WWE, I think it's something they should should push because it's something new. It's fresh. It's different. It's it's uh you're not going to see the same people that you see on all the time. I actually think some of the commentating is even better on NXT than it is on the on you know with oh. Michael oh. Cole and these guys. You know. I, I, that's part of it too. Uh, JBO and Michael Cole, and even Jerry Waller at this point, it's like almost like maybe a shakeup even in the commentary would would do it wonders. But no, pushing yeah, that I, network, I, they should go after. They should really push the NXT. Uh, I understand wanting to push the old stuff, and everybody wants to watch it. But everybody knows that's there. They know they could get that content. Maybe people don't know about this, about the NXT brand and these guys, and they could have. I, that may be an even better way to sell it as something new, you know. Excellent point. I, I'll be honest with you. I this if if this pay per view wasn't on the network, I would probably be because it's Survivor Series. I definitely would have got it because it's one of the big four. Even though I think it's kind of been lost in the shuffle as far as the big four go in the last few years, I probably would have bought it because it's Survivor Series. But some of these pay per views lately, I'm almost like. Well, where I really have a buy because I've been spending a little money on ROH lately, and like I said, going to indie shows. So it's like the network's keeping me watching these pay per views, but there there may have been one or two I would have skipped recently just because of you know money and things like that. You know. I hear you. I mean, but when you know it's going to be when you're super excited about it, you're like, yeah, I got the extra fifty bucks. You know what I mean? And I know it's different now, but. Doing other things could have got people excited about spending that nine ninety nine, you know. Yeah, I just say it was a poor job to me, like promoting the, the network this month. Tony, great stuff as always, and uh, you know, hopefully we get a kick ass pay per view, and then tomorrow night we'll recap before Raw, and hopefully we're talking. Hopefully tomorrow we're, we're just talking all positives uh, about tonight's Survivor Series event. Oh, that's what I would hope for. All right, guys, thanks for having me on. Uh, look forward to talking to you soon. See you guys soon. Take it easy, man. Thanks, Tony. All right, good stuff, Tony. Our callers, man, they brought it this 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 show. They really did. They brought it. Good stuff. Good points. Uh, Thought provoking. Um, you know, great show so far. You know what? Like, we didn't even get to. It. It's such a shame, Dave. Like, our callers were were so great, and we got so wrapped up in conversation. It's such a shame we didn't get to make a prediction on the Fandango match. It it, it ended before we were even able to get our prediction in. I I am just devastated that I, I missed. Uh, uh, talking and speculating on on where that that match would go, um, and and just so everyone out there knows, I am fluent in sarcasm. Um, anyway, let's get to the the actual pay per view matches, and let's get to 
to some predictions. And we'll go quick. It's amazing. Our calls were so good tonight. We've only got like a little over 15 minutes left. Um, the four-on-four traditional survivors. And I think it's worth, before I get into it, I think it's worth putting out there again that we talked a lot on this show about getting back to Survivor Series being all Survivor Series matches. And without, like, you know, making an announcement they're doing it or, or, you know, hearing stuff on the dirt sheets that they're making a movement towards a traditional Survivor Series pay-per-view, out of the five matches that are booked currently on the show, three out of five are, quote, traditional Survivor Series matches. So I, I'm I'm excited about that. Let's talk about wait the minute, wait Good. You said three? There's only, three there's out of only five. two. We got oh, the, only the two. three. There's Team Cena, there's the Divas, and there's the tag team. The tag teams is a tag team title match. It's a, it's a fatal four. My bad. So scratch that. <laughs> two of them are <laughs> traditional Survivor Series matches. Let's talk about the Divas match. Um, I don't crazy. care. <laughs> I don't care. Um, you know, we do our predictions on, on this. Jeez, uh, the team that, that's going to win... In in this matchup, um, I would lean towards honestly for me just uh, the team of Paige, Cameron, Layla, and Summer Rae because uh, I think that they're still they're still going to be pushing Paige. So I see Paige making some noise in this matchup. Although I do kind of I could see Paige pulling that Bad News Brown kind of thing and uh, walking off, uh, walking away from her team. Um, but I'm going to go with the the. The Page team, Page, Cameron, Layla, and Summer Rae. Your thoughts on on that match? Um, well, there was no build up towards it, um, so I'm gonna go with Natalia and her team because they need a reason to push something that's got to do with Total Divas. So I, I see Natalia coming out. It's Natalia's team winning. I can't tell you who's gonna survive, but um, Team Natty wins the female traditional four-on-four Divas Survivor Series elimination encounter. So I'm sticking with the ladies. What do you think of the Diva Championship? I really, That's another one I really don't care about either because I think the <laughs> build-up is um, I, To be perfectly honest with you, uh, you know, there's been rumors of AJ Lee's possible departure from WWE. Could we see Nikki Bella with the Divas title? Todd brought it up earlier a month ago. Nobody on the Total Divas show gets the Divas Championship for a run, but then again, Nikki Bella also bones the number one guy in WWE currently that's not a McMahon, and his name is John Cena. So, I think, to be perfectly honest with you, I think that storyline, that story, you know, that Todd brought up about you know, Total Divas stars not allowed to have the Divas Championship. I'm not saying this is bullshit, but I'm calling bullshit on it because they'll do anything to make the Bellas, you know, um, bigger than they already are on TV, whether they have the title or not. So I have a feeling that, you know, if I'm going to go on, I'm going to go on a limb here. Nikki Bella wins the Divas Championship tonight, and then she feuds with her sister over the belt, and it becomes a focal point for the next season of Total Divas, and that's that. That's my prediction. I agree with you. I, I I think we're going to see a title change in this matchup. Uh, you know, I do think I, I'm kind of leaning towards where there's smoke, there's fire. I know one of the things that they they speculate with AJ Lee is that 
Uh, she set up her own website. I think it's AJLee.com or AJSomethingOrother.com. But she set up her own website. Um, you know, obviously, in, in you know, if, you, if you're if you're in a relationship and if, if CM Punk is this bitter and thinks the WWE wronged him so much and they have gotten married, like it does stand to reason that at some point, you know, AJ Lee would probably be like, you know, I, I'm going to go out on my own as well. Um, you know, married to CM Punk, from what I understand, the guy doesn't live extravagantly. They probably could live off money saved for a long period of time. Um, again, so these are all rumors and conjecture. I am choosing at this point to believe them. Uh, I, I, I would not shock me at all if AJ Lee has got one foot out the door. And, uh, so I'm going to go as well and say, we're going to get a divas, uh, title change tonight. And we're going to have Nikki Bella win the match, the match I was uh, mistaken on because there's a big group of people and it is not a survivor series match, but a fatal four way for the tag team championship. Um, for my money, I'm going to make two picks on this, David. I'm curious your your thoughts on this matchup. I think we're going to get Golden Stardust retaining, but I think we're really going to see, if not a definitive breakup, we're going to see. I'm going the exact opposite. I know one of our callers picked Miz and Sandow, or Mizdow, to to win. Um, on SmackDown, we had hints of dissension between the two of them. I think we're right at the moment that it is time for the Miz and Mizdow to split. Whether we get a definitive split tonight or it, it's a it's a bigger hint at the at the splitting up of these two, um, Miz Dow is too popular. He's too over. They they need to split this team up. It was good for a run. I, I think this the the stuntman thing uh, needs to be a, a, more of a short term gimmick. It's been funny. It might be. It's getting a little old, at least for me as a fan. So I say we get gold and Stardust retaining the tag champs. And we get further uh, dissension between Miz and Miz Dow, if not a definitive breakup tonight, Dave. You know, the the Miz Dow Miz segments have been very interesting, very entertaining um, for a guy that they really didn't have a whole lot planned with, Damian Sandow. Um, the role that they've given him, he has taken that ball and run with it and scored touchdown over and over and over again. Um, you know, you and I both publicly do not care for the Miz character, but we look forward to his presence on TV, not because of him, but because of his stunt double, Damian Mizdow, and the and the, the entertainment factor that he brings to that, to that act, to that team. Um, you know, this is Miz and Mizdow's first run in, in the tag team scene. Um, as much as I, I could agree with you, Ken, that Miz and Mizdow um, – their, their time is up together as a unit and there's more dissension in the ranks. I think there's still just a little bit more mileage in Miz and Mizdow and their dissension as tag team champions. And then we could see Mizdow gaining more of a personality and becoming more of his own self as opposed to a clone of the Miz and even taking credit for winning the tag team championship. Um, I have a feeling they're going to go with the obvious, though, and they're going to go with Gold Stardust um, as as the tag team champions and see how that run goes. But I'm going to go on a limb, and I'm going to say that Miz and Mizdow win the tag team championship. You still see some dissension. Hell, they might even lose the belt tomorrow night. But I think tonight we see Mizdow getting the victory for Miz 
and his team, and they win the tag team championship. And of course, they both argue over who took credit winning the belt, but their championship reign will be short term, very short term. Interesting. On the pre show right now, uh, Cesaro came out to cut a promo, and uh, Zeb Coulter is out with Jack Swagger, the real Americans, uh, kind of calling Cesaro out. Interesting stuff right now on on the pre-show. So uh, that's going on right now on the WWE pre-show. Let's go further into our predictions. And, you know, again, not a lot of matches booked tonight. Uh, a match that i got to say, as far as the match in and of itself, uh, the setup we've gotten, tough match for me to call. Uh, Dean Ambrose versus Bray Wyatt, and, and that's got a lot of potential for me uh, to be match of the night. Love them both. Love what they're both bringing to the table right now as far as their characters, their promos. Um, I like where it's, you know, Bray is, is coming after Dean and he wants to save Dean. And, and you know, Ambrose is so crazy that he's, uh, you know, it's not like, you know, like when, when Wyatt was coming after Cena, Cena was unnerved and he played it as someone who was unnerved. Ambrose is just getting crazier. And, it, and it, I've enjoyed the dynamic between the two characters. I'm looking forward to this matchup. I, I find this matchup tough to call because um, I'm going to give a pick for one guy to win, but it would not shock me even a little bit if we see some sort of double disqualification and it's just an all-out brawl or a double countout. Um, I don't think this feud is over, not by a long shot. So a double countout or a, you know, that leads to a, a steel cage match or a, a, a you know, a double disqualification that leads to a, a, a no DQ match. Um, that wouldn't shock me even a little bit. So I'm going to put that out there. But if I'm going to pick one guy to win, I'm going to go with Bray Wyatt for the victory. But right there, a lot of potential to be match of the night, Dave. I agree with you. Um, the buildup towards this match has been very good. I said it on Monday's show. Um, I thought that the, the interference from Wyatt in the Hell in a Cell match to set this up with Dean Ambrose was really good. The mic work, they delivered the story, the backstory behind it. Ambrose trying to help, or I'm sorry, Wyatt trying to help Ambrose and save him and heal him. I think that's been some great stuff. The, um, the, the, the promo, the stuff that Bray Wyatt's doing now, the stuff that, that some of that stuff I've wanted to see in the previous incarnation of this character when he first debuted with Rowan and Harper. And we're seeing some of that now, and I think that's pretty cool. I agree with you. I think we could see some sort of non-finish, no D, a DQ or a double countout or a no contest, which could set up a, a, some sort of a gimmick match at the next pay-per-view, TLC. It is tables, ladders, and chairs. Maybe they get some sort of weapons involved, cause a disqualification. But here, I'm going to go with the Bray Wyatt pick as well. But here's how I'm going to go with the finish of that match. You know, Wyatt has been trying to help Ambrose and heal him from all the past troubles that he's had because, you know, Ambrose or Wyatt is this, you know, he's this savior in his mind, he believes. And if you remember, you go back to WrestleMania, Wyatt tried to break John Cena. Wyatt tried to expose John Cena. Wyatt tried to make John Cena look like a phony for the C-Nation, for the WWE Universe, for the fans, and this, that, and the other. You know, he wanted to get Cena disqualified in that match at WrestleMania so that Cena would break, so that everything that Cena stood for, he went against in that match against Bray Wyatt. 
I think Bray Wyatt is going to go that route with Dean Ambrose, okay? I think he's going to try and heal him and want him to break, but like you said, Ambrose is crazier. The, the more stuff Wyatt does to him, the crazier Ambrose gets. So I have some sort of feeling that there won't be a moral dilemma with Dean Ambrose. He's just going to want to go batshit crazy on Bray Wyatt. So we may see some sort of chair get involved, maybe setting up a chairs match at the TLC pay-per-view. But I think Wyatt wins, and I think he wins by disqualification because he, he, he drives Ambrose to the point where Ambrose has no choice but to try and, you know, put put Wyatt and himself out of his misery and, you know, gets himself disqualified. But Ambrose doesn't care because that's his character. He just doesn't care. He's unstable. He's a lunatic. So I'm going with Wyatt. All right, there we agree there. That that had promised to be a match. And before we get into our picks for the main event, and you guys are great tonight, we're running short on time. We got to get to it, and I, we got to let you know, the winner, the all-time Survivor Series team, and I got to tell you, you know, Dave and I had a conversation because we were going to break the tie if there was a tie in our fan voting. But the fan voting went actually where we were going to go if we had to break the tie. So the all-time greatest Survivor Series team is... Team Warriors! I, you know, it, it's funny, man. Both of us, Dave, Hulkamaniacs, tough. Not to pick Hogan, but, you know, Todd actually said it best. You know, when you have LOD on that team with Warriors, it's it's tough, you know, to, to go against that team. So, uh, Team Warriors wins the Ultimate Survivor Series tournament. Congratulations to members of, of Team Warriors that are still with us, and if you're listening. Um, with three minutes left, great calls tonight, again, by the way. Main event... Team Cena versus Team Authority. This, for me, is a really tough one to call with all the stipulations involved and uh, firing. But my scenario, I'm going to say that the Authority wins. And tomorrow night in the, the firing, Vince McMahon shows up and puts a wrench in the work with the firings. And we start the road to WrestleMania as far as there being a power struggle in the WWE. So... I am going to go with Team Authority victorious tonight. Dave, with like less than two and a half minutes left, give us your thoughts quickly on the uh, the main event and who you think is going to win. Well, we've talked about surprises. We've talked about possible replacements of team members. We've seen you know different guys on teams at, at, at certain periods of time throughout the buildup to this match. But the one guy who's been a constant has been Dolph Ziggler. Dolph Ziggler's been from on John Cena's side since the beginning. And I mentioned this earlier. I'm going to go with this as my pick. I think that the stipulation that Triple H put in place sets up Dolph Ziggler to turn on John Cena, and the authority wins. They fire the others. Ziggler's guaranteed a job, and that sets up a run with him and John Cena, maybe heading into WrestleMania. But I see Cena. I, 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 I see that the, the pressure of... Team Cena possibly being fired without John Cena being fired, we'll have one of them, and that man being Dolph Ziggler, turn on John Cena to have the authority win tonight's uh, Survivor Series main event. Breaking news, just uh, on the pre-show, Vince McMahon has just shown up at the pay-per-view. Limo just pulled up, and he was seen walking into the pay-per-view, so who knows 
what that um, could could mean for tonight's pay-per-view. Uh, looking mm-hmm. forward, hopefully we get a really good show tonight. Dave, man, our callers brought We got like less than a minute left. Our callers brought it this week. Yeah, Todd had some great points. Tony brought up a great scenario for tonight's main event. Mike brought up some great points, too. Um, his, his call wasn't all over the place like it normally is. Anthony as well. I mean, yeah, college did it. Bang up, kick-ass job tonight. You, you really brought it in the show. Much respect. Yeah, it was great, man. And like, to, to do a show like this and, and you know, the build-up not to be good and to have, you know, not that many matches and, and you're, you're preparing the show and, to have great callers like that bring up great points. And, Dave, you know, we know it. We watch too much of this stuff, and we, we analyze it way too much. And as we watch and analyze for callers to come and bring up points that I didn't even think of, it was just it was a treat tonight. Thank you all for supporting the show. Enjoy Survivor Series. We'll be back tomorrow night to recap Survivor Series and get you ready for Raw. For Dave, I am Ken. Good night, everybody. <laughs>